All right. Hey, well, why don't we put our hands together and have our expectation at a high level as we invite Apostle Seth. Thank you. Just before we uh, get into more mischief, I don't know this this pastor here. He's 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 very mischievous. So I'm not sure how to cope with this this culture. But could you just stand? We've got two hands. Some of us have got ten fingers, the rest of us have got, I've got nine and a half, but uh, tonight I'm going to be talking about touching heaven, changing earth. One hand touching heaven, so that we can, with the other hand, touch earth, touch people around. So can you just hold your hands out, because there is an anointing God is going to release, and and uh, been knowing that it's going to be like a capacitor getting charged up while we do a short preach. Lord, these hands, yeah, which were designed because we're in your image and out of your hand came rays of your power. So therefore, out of our hands should come rays of your power. One hand touching heaven. This is the picture God gave me for tonight, that there's going to be a hand which touches heaven, a hand which releases heaven on earth. And so, Karabo Shundurori Yanda, Renda Mahansia Mai Mamunda, Vingaya Palaya Parana Niana, Zitiana Moshurandula. I thank you, Holy Spirit that you are not limited by any human limitation, but we yield ourselves as servants afresh to you to say one hand to be plugged in and the other hand to be discharging. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, some people will ask me, why are you noisy? Because it's fun. Yeah. I don't know if there's anyone here who's got uh, jumper leads in, the, in your car. Anyone here got jumper leads? Yeah, yeah, praise God. I, I, I like jumper leads. They, 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 they can be quite interesting. And uh, when I was on the farm, we, we had a bulldozer, and uh, sometimes it would be just in the middle of winter, we'd be going to do something, and it would be so cold that the engine would hardly turn over. And, and so being an enterprising young man, that was the time when we used jumper leads, not to uh, just be miserable and just put more 12 volts on it, turn 12 volts into 24 volts. That would get the bulldozer going. And some of you tonight, I think God's going to just, just come alongside and go, I'm going to turn your 12 volts into 24 volts. Let's get your engine turning. It's like, so anyway, moving quickly along because um, <clears throat> we've got to be finished before the pizza arrives. Because <laughs> I get hungry. Yeah. Matthew 4. Matthew 4. So this is the start of Jesus' ministry on earth. You know, he, <clears throat> how many know Jesus started his ministry? Yeah, yeah. How many know he hasn't finished? Come on. 
<laughs> Many times we can think that his ministry will finished, but it hasn't. Because he said, I'm going, so another the same as me is going to come. And so that's just a continuation of his ministry hasn't stopped. Yeah, come on. And so Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread, Ooh, spread all over Syria. <laughs> so, yeah, he went even up to Syria. Amazing. And people brought to him all who were ill from, with various diseases. Now, I just want you to t think for a moment what the Bible has saying here. The news went all over Syria. And the next thing is, and people brought to him. So everything in Scripture says that they crossed an international border to come. Just... It's so easy just to think it was just little Palestine. But this paints a different picture. Those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those who had seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. You know, I can say I've seen this in my lifetime. I've seen various diseases just healed. I've seen people that were suffering severe pain just healed. I've seen the demon possessed, delivered. People having seizures just healed. The paralyzed, healed. Large crowds from Galilee because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the river of God is not getting smaller, it's getting bigger. Never forget the the prophetic picture is, the truth is, that the river of God is getting wider and deeper. And you and I have an opportunity to do that because where does the river start? In the place of worship. It starts in the place where the glory is. And so the more we worship, the more we get our eyes off ourselves, and the more we see the re reality of who God is, the more the river gets increased. And so, and so it says, Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. So in other words, political boundaries could not stop the move of God. I just want you to know that political thinking can never stop the move of God. But we're not going to get what we look for by politics. We're going to get it by a move of the Holy Spirit. I love politics. I've been invited to be a, a what do you call it, candidate at various times in, in, in my history. I love politics. I understand politics, but I understand the kingdom of heaven much better. And so, Kuriyanda, I want you to stop for and think of the diversity of the people that were are being talked about here. A huge diversity, because sometimes you can just quickly read this and not stop to think that this is a diverse, incredibly diverse group of people that are now involved, and, and some who the Jews would say weren't even kosher. In fact, they were counted as unclean. What are they doing sniffing around Jesus? And so, and in the middle of all this, Jesus then turns to some people, and, and he goes around and says to someone, Oh, are you? That's Aramaic for come, follow me. <laughs> and so 
that was just, that's in the translation according to Seth. And, but it just says, come, follow me, come, follow me, come, follow me. And it says they left what they were doing and came and followed. But of course, come, follow me implies he was leading them somewhere. So where did he lead them? He led them to the lost, to the hurting, to the sick, to the people who had no hope. And so if you look in Mark chapter 6, he, sent, he called them and then sent them out. Luke chapter 10, the same. And so there is a principle in here that we need to really grasp, and that is God delights to show mercy. He delights to show mercy. He defined himself as the God who loves to show mercy. Has anyone heard of the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not sleep in church. That's a <laughs> That's the first one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, which means don't sleep in church. It also means thou shalt not be late for church. <laughs> I'm just being honest here. Because when you love someone, you don't, you get there. You get there. Telling a story on me, many years ago there was a young lady working in Wellington and I was working on a farm and I knew when her lunch time was. It was amazing how many times I had to go to Dalgetty to buy some Jellignite. And so I'd come into town in the truck and just, it's amazing how I could get there just right on her lunchtime. I wasn't, because I knew if I was late, that wasn't going to work. So I could get there on her lunchtime. Why? Because I loved her. Because love overrides everything. And so Jesus, he was there. But in the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament, not in the Seth-inspired version, but in the Old Testament, it says the Ten Commandments, you go through it, and just right after that, God says, but I'm going to have compassion on who I will have compassion. And I will have mercy on who will I will have mercy. So he gave some society rules and immediately said, but if you're talking about individuals, I'm going to have mercy on whom I decide I'll have mercy. Society has its rules, but God is not bound by the rules he put in place. He set rules for society, but he said, I'm going to treat individuals as individuals I'm so glad he did that he chose to love Seth of the James variety it's just amazing so here it is this truth that as Jesus was on earth and he was doing all this crossing political boundaries, crossing ethnic boundaries, crossing all the boundaries of that time and he's just healing and delivering and bringing life and power. But this truth that we've just got to grasp 
we see in the book of Jonah, Jonah is not just a story to be told to children in Sunday school. He's a prophet. He's a prophet which God used the journey of this prophet to reveal incredible revelation to us that we have to now live in the revelation of the prophecy. The story is a prophecy that we have to embrace. And so part of that story is that Jonah is there and he's told to do something. He, he doesn't get the message very quick. And when he does get the message, he sees God's mercy and he goes, oh, my goodness. Isn't this why I told you, Lord, I'm just going to stay home? Because I knew what you were going to do. You were just going to show mercy anyway. You send me there to cross the political boundaries, to cross the ethnic boundaries, to go to people I don't even like, to tell them that you want them to change. And I knew what you were going to do. I bring down fire and brimstone and you just take away my shelter and leave me just barren. And you see, it's a message to us. Don't look to our own comfort first. Understand who God is. Where did he sort of get some of that from? Because David before him had said, God, in the Psalms you see it, Psalm 86, you, Lord, are forgiving, good, abounding in love to all who... There's so many songs that have been, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. I could even start singing right now, but I won't torture you. It's like... But <laughs> there again I could. And so the reality is, where does all this come from? Because God told Moses on the mountain, here's a pattern, and you do exactly down there in the valley what I revealed to you in the mountain. And so what was revealed was a pattern of worship. And the focus of the worship that was established was not the sacrifice. It wasn't all the animals having their throats cut. It wasn't the fact that you could do this and that. It was the fact that there was this place called the mercy seat. The mercy seat was the pinnacle, the focus and just to emphasize just to just to emphasize it once a year the high priest threw a curtain that was so strong it couldn't be ripped by human hands god had to do it himself later on just to show his power the high priest carrying an offering would go through and be literally taken through the veil. No door. Taken through. And we have people who worry about a little bit of supernatural laughing and falling over and everything else. It's like, ha! I mean, come on, let's just imagine we gathered here and Jesus suddenly just comes through that wall. Yeah, come on. I tell you, most of us would be freaked out of our pants. The disciples were. <laughs> but the priest comes through, and what was it? He then gets before the mercy seat, which was sitting on top of a box with a blue flame going all the time with cherubims there. 
And that was called the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was not a testimony to what he did. It was to why he did it. In other words, his mercy and his compassion was just revealed time after time after time after time. And so there was some showbread there. There was some manna there. There was a, a rod there. There was, there was all sorts of things there as a testimony, as a record and a display of why God does stuff, which is he loves to show mercy. In the Old Testament, they were cities as they came into the promised land. There were cities of refuge established where people who needed special help, all sorts of things, they could go there because God so loves people that he even made provision for the scoundrels. I'll just talk to church this side. No, that's not all the scoundrels. They're on this side. No, that's... Uh... It's Paul's fault. He made me cheeky. <laughs> but the, rea <laughs> the reality is that these days, our cities, our nation deserves to have cities of refuge. Our city should be a city of refuge. Wellington should be a city of refuge, not from a tsunami, not from an earthquake. I, I remember when I was young, there was a talk about a tsunami coming. And being the good dad that my dad did is, he, we got onto the back of his pickup, little pickup truck and we drove out to Island Bay so we could see this tidal wave coming in. Yeah, I mean, and people would say to me, why, 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 why did you do that? Because we wanted to, and so we were up on the hill looking down, waiting for the tidal wave to come. It was so disappointing. It never came. And so, oh. so you can understand why when Mount Ruapehu erupted, what we did was we loaded our kids in our van and we drive up the van, up the mountain, where the black snow is, and the mountains, and there where it was erupting. It was so good. Because I love to show mercy, you know. <laughs> they could have been left at home and never seen this delight, but now they're on the mountain shaking, you know. Ah, God. Our cities deserve to be places where mercy is demonstrated, where mercy can be seen and experienced. Our society at the present time is reflecting all sorts of stuff which is said to be, in, which is in Scripture, in Timothy and in Peter. There will be times in the last days when people will be lovers of self more than the lovers of God. And don't forget that that's written to Christians. Not to the world, to Christians. Where they're going to be lovers of self more than the lovers of God. We're here tonight because we're lovers of God. Can anyone say yes? We're here. I mean, we could be sitting watching a repeat of the rugby, but no, we're sitting in church. <sighs> Some of you might say, oh, no, that wouldn't be me. No, you're probably watching Liverpool or something. <laughs> oh, the spirit of mischief's really, really in the place tonight. <laughs> You know, we, we can look at our society and uh, we can see, say that society needs reforming. 
Social statistics are terrible. We, we know that. So what is needed? I'm so glad you asked. And so here we go. We cannot reform apart from the reformer. We can't transform except by the transformer. And we cannot revive except through the reviver. And that's why we've got to have a hand in heaven. And our hand in heaven is not some ethereal thing like I was saying this morning. Oh, I want to touch heaven. The Holy Spirit is heaven on earth. He is God. He is God. He is God. And we've got to understand that the Holy Spirit is here. He wants us to connect and to plug into Him. Oh my goodness. He wants us to be plugged in. When I was young, I tell the story, when I was young, I was fascinated by electricity. We had a wind-up, what do you call it, gramophone. So you would wind it up and put the needle on it. It was so, so technical and, and it was so good. And then we actually got an electric gramophone player. And you could plug it in and there was all these things you started to be able to plug into those little slots in the wall. And my mum, she said to me, Seth, I know that you are quite inquisitive, but you don't put hairpins in the socket. And so I waited till she wasn't there. And then one day I put the hairpin in the socket. There was a big bang. There was a flash of revelation. And it's shukurandaya. But when I was seven, I plugged my life into the Holy Spirit. When I was seven, I plugged my life into Jesus. And I have no intention of getting disconnected and plugging. Why would you unplug when... Oh, this is going to be good. Because <laughs> this, he- this is getting heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, 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 we, <laughs> we have a, we, 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 we have all sorts of stuff going on in the natural, and so. We, 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 we are not called to try and bring a natural solution to society's problems. We are called to bring a spiritual solution to a spiritual problem. And so that, for that, 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 oh, that's why we have to have a hand in heaven. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, shukuriander. Many years ago, for you young ones, I just am not going to sing and torture you, but there was a song that was around which said, put your hand in the hand of the one who stilled the water. Put your hand in the hand of the one who calmed the sea. And sarabo shunda. And we've got to make sure that our hand is not unplugged from his hand. We've got to be a person who spends more time than we are talking about, oh, it's terrible. If you're saying society is terrible, you've just wasted seconds of God's eternity 
Tell him about what God already knows. But we can go, and we can have a hand in heaven and be releasing some of the glory of God. Now this is the way it's going to go up. You're strong. Sort of strong. You are strong. I needed support. Oh, so, oh, 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 oh. It's because we ask, never, we should never forget we ask. <laughs> they don't trust you, Paul. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> I know you are, brother. <laughs> Did you say something about not waiting till the end? <laughs> Jody. The Bible says it's not good for a man to dwell. <laughs> People are going to say, why do you do it? Because it's fun. <laughs> but we, are, we should never forget that we are spiritual beings. We're not natural beings. We are spiritual beings. This body is just a frame to carry a spiritual being. And that's why we've got to be plugged in to heaven. And so, you know, I, I can ask another question. What, 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 what role is the church to play? Well, that's a really good question. So I ask the question, well, who is the church? It's a group of people who have been born again by the Spirit. So the, 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 the mark on our lives is we are of the Spirit. We are of the Spirit. I, I just try the church this side. We are of the Spirit. You know, we're not supposed to sit in church masticating the words that are going on. We're supposed to be drinking. Jesus never said, come to me and chew. He said, come to me and drink. And so many times we, we try to process everything through our head instead of just letting it get on the inside of us and see what God will do. And so, did you want to get up? I'll help you. Who said church was boring? So who are the people that are the church? They're the people that have been led by Jesus, led by the Spirit. That's why it says the children of God are... I'm full of mercy. So we've been led and we've got the theme this month, reach out. Reach out, and there's songs about there. Reach out and touch the world with his love. You know, <clears throat> oh my gosh, shoot me under. The church is the body of Christ. And what we need, what New Zealand needs, 
what every city, 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 oh, needs to be a city of refuge, to be a city of mercy, is the manifest presence of God. And that's what we've been going after. That's what we've been going after. When the Spirit fell, and I was raised in a Pentecostal church. I was raised speaking in tongues. I never saw a doctor till I was 17. And, 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 and because mum and dad would pray, and just that's the way it was. And, and so, but when the Spirit fell in a fresh way in 1995, suddenly there was another whole realm that just God opened up to us. But I know that that's not the end. I'm not living trying to get back to 1995 because I've got 2022 to live. I've got 2023. And by the way, David Dishroom prophesied that I had to have a two-year diary, Paul. And so... Yeah, I had a pastor ring me this this last week, and he was uh, wanting me to speak to a, a regional thing of pastors. And then he said, "I want you in in in, in the church. It's quite a significant church." And and so he was there. And I said, "Well, um, if you're talking about a Sunday in your church, um, <laughs> there's none this year." And he was like, "Oh, I thought you were retired." And so. <laughs> I said, I have got a couple of slots in March next year, but if you don't want those, it'll be July next year. And he was like, ah, ah no, no, we'll, take, we'll take March. And, and so I said, do you know what you're getting? It's like, so who's going to bring the manifest presence of God? Us. You are very strong. I always know when it's a good meeting because the bruises come on my arms. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, who's the church? The Bible describes the church as, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it, radiant, attractive, stunning, without spot. Or wrinkle. That, that's how the Bible describes us. Come on, we can we we can when when Debbie and I got married forty two years ago, it was awesome. She was there coming in and she looked stunning. It was amazing. I, I didn't look that good. But the reality is Many times we can forget that we've got to look stunning. I'm going to church. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, that's right. That that Pastor Seth said we shouldn't be late. Oh, my goodness. That's right. So what is a spot? Well, if you look at Scripture, it's the tarnishes of the world. It's thinking which is shaped by the world. It's shaped by society. And, and, and it's the works of the flesh, the jealousy and the bitterness and the envy and all those other stuff. They're, they're like spots upon us. But praise God, he's an excellent surgeon. He knows how to cut that stuff out. 
and not leave any scars either. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 the, the surgeons that, that fixed me up, they, they, they did an amazing job, but unfortunately, in one sense, they just left some scars. And down there, and it's like, that's my permanent smiley face. But the reality is, what's a wrinkle? Well, a wrinkle I, in my limited life on earth usually comes the older you get, the more wrinkles you seem to get. Either that or you have five children. And so, but aged or being past your best, you know, passion fruit suddenly goes, and that usually means it's past its best. And, and other fruits, but it has been said that becoming aged has actually nothing to do with the accumulation of years. It's when you lose your ideals and when you lose your vision. And I've known people who are in their teens who have become aged because they lost their vision and they lost their ideals. And I, I knew my grandfather at 90 and he preached his last sermon and this is what he preached. He says, I'm the oldest one here, I think. And whoa, reel him in. <laughs> just, just be careful because you're popping the buttons. <laughs> we don't want indecent exposure. <laughs> Yeah, 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 keep rated, it, keep, keep it keep, yeah, keep, keep it rated, <laughs> G-rated, please. My grandfather, in his last message, he said, "When is the easiest time to backslide?" And he said, "The older you get, the easier it is, because you're living on the smoke of yesterday's fire and not the fresh fire of today." And, 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 and it's so easy to live on what God did and not what God's doing and not what He's going to do because the end of the story is greater than the beginning. That's what the Bible says. And there is a move of God which is greater than what we've had before. We're celebrating 100 years of Smith Wigglesworth, but I believe that there is a greater outpouring. I believe there are bigger miracles. I believe if what we've had is as good as it gets, we're in deep trouble. But it's not because the the river of God's getting wider and bigger. And so, why? To become radiant and attractive and stunning the church. That's us, the people. We have to be full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Oh, by the way, that's the fruit of the Spirit. And, and some people say to me, self-control. Seth, you should just stand there. The best definition of self-control is soul control because soul is yourself. And so often it's our soul that starts to determine our spiritual decisions. And I have a German word for that, dumm. And so it's, a, it's the reality is that it's talking about soul control. Instead, letting the spirit be... And so... The fruit of the Spirit will reveal and open the door for God to come with even more. Come with even more glory. We need to reveal the manifest presence of God. Not in some mystic way, we, that would be fun, but also in a tangible way. The Scripture says that in Romans 8, that creation is waiting in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Hallelujah. Is it pizza time yet? No. But, but that's so many times when our soul can just start to, to do different things. And so, yeah. 
Don't forget this, that God sends His rain on the good and the bad, on the just and the unjust. And so we've got to be the people who see victory, not defeat. We've got to be a sweet smell, not a sour stink. And so we've got to be a precious perfume, not a pungent pong. And so the reality is, it's just, you know, it's, but at least you know what I mean. You get the picture. At least you're not getting the smell. So when Jesus was on earth, he showed his care. He showed the fact that he would cross boundaries to do what was needed. And so how did he do it? He did it by the Spirit. And what does it say? The early church, they did the same. They lived lives of simple devotion, but the results were powerful. And it says in Acts 2, it says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. There was a new person in church this morning, and I met them at the guest table. And uh, it was like, I've never seen a preacher like you before. Yeah, well, that's not. I'm sorry that all the other ones are so sad. But, uh, but how are we doing this? How are we going to transform? How are we going to revive? How are we going to do all this? By the Spirit. It's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit. It's not intellectual prowess that's going to bring the kingdom in. It's the Spirit of God. And so that's why we are called to be people who are drunkards of the Spirit. Of the Spirit. We're not called to be secret sippers. We're called to be open drinkers. And so the book of Acts and the epistles, the church, it says, walked in authority and power and victory over the enemy. And so to see the transformation we're praying for and that we expect we've got to learn, we've got to learn to walk in the Spirit. That's when doesn't matter where you are, the Spirit will move. That doesn't matter where you are, the Spirit will move. I, I met a pastor I'd only met once before in Christchurch a couple of weeks ago. And, and uh, we were just sitting in the, in the restaurant going to have a, uh, some food together. And, and he was talking away and I just said, you look like you need and some encouragement. I just put my hand on his shoulder and he went, oh my goodness, kink. <laughs> in the restaurant. And he said, you're not worried about what it looks like, are you? I said, well, other people are going to come here and they're going to drink this sort of stuff and they'll get under the table. It's like, yeah, ah, sure, under. The reality is we are saved to serve. We are to be like Jesus. Why? He was one hand in heaven and one hand on earth, touching heaven, changing earth. You know, all I know is this. It's impossible to have too much submission to the Holy Spirit. I'll just say it again. It is impossible to have too much submission to the Holy Spirit. It is possible to have too much submission to an unsanctified soul. So we've got to take every opportunity to receive more of the Spirit. The more of the Spirit we receive, the more we will be transformed. The more of the Spirit we receive, we will be, because Scripture says, transformed into His likeness, into His image. And so it's time for fresh oil each day, just as David said. And what does fresh oil of the Holy Spirit bring? It brings freshness. Uh, it's not rocket science. 
<laughs> but we can have fresh faith. I, I wrote this down because it was so good. Fresh faith, fresh hope, fresh focus, fresh love, fresh joy, fresh power. I thank God for the power I had last week, but I can have fresh power today. You know what? It's really quite funny. People are saying we've got, to got EVs. We've got to get electric vehicles because it's going to be wonderful. Really? This is the engineer in me. Where's the recharge coming for that? And where are they going to do with all the old batteries as well? And, and, and where is all the... It just doesn't all suddenly happen. It's just, it's just swapping one form of ignition for another form of ignition. But when we're plugged into heaven, there is no limit. There is no limit because Jesus said there is no limit. There's no substitute. There's nothing that can take the place of him. And so that's why the early church grew and exploded and, and changed the world. And so can we. Don't look at what the world is like. Look what heaven is like. And then say, hey, and by the Holy Spirit, we can bring change. I just want to say, Taylor, you are going to bring more change into your generation than you can imagine. You're going to be able to bring change that you've longed for. And you're going to be able to do some stuff that you go. And God's going to give you short sentences that's going to change perspectives for people. And it's like, don't think about long paragraphs. Think about the short sentences that are just going to collide with people's intellect. But it's going to be the truth. And shuku yanda puash. And David, I know we talked there and I was asking you what your week's going to be, but it's not what your week's going to be. You're going to be able to, there's, a, there's some doors that are opening that you're going to be invited into some conversations and it has nothing to do with what you normally would be thinking. But there is a divine wisdom that God's going to release through you and you're going to bring in not just pearls of wisdom, you're going to bring in like exploding pearls of wisdom. Yeah, that will just shift current thinking because current thinking is not solving the problems. Therefore, we've got to bring in thinking which is outside the current. And I'm not talking about the things you make cakes with. It's like, you understand what I mean. So be ready for these opportunities where suddenly you're just going to bring in some, some wisdom. I'm talking about just out in the world, but the world needs supernatural wisdom because the stinking thinking at the present time hasn't changed anything. And and sir, I don't know what you do. Yes, you're sitting in the back with the glasses. I don't know who you are, but God bless you. And just right now, there's an angel behind you. And you need to know that I'm not talking about Andrew and, and Michelle. I'm talking about there's a spiritual angel standing right behind you. And you need to know that the angel of the Lord is going with you. And so as you go into different places, you've been saying, God, I need help. I need wisdom. The angel of the Lord is with you. And so listen for, for the nudgings that you're going to suddenly get in your spirit. And you'll wonder, where did that come from? The angel of the Lord is going with you. And Oh, It's good, eh? Nathaniel, come here. Kurianda. 
Sure, uh, Yanda. And in just a minute, we're going to just all line up. But right now, give me your hands. Uh. Yeah. Holy Spirit. I couldn't understand why I was looking at you and I saw a picture of Handel. And Handel wrote one piece of music. He wrote lots, but one put a mark on Western civilization called the Hallelujah Chorus. And people still stand whenever that's played. And God's going to enable you to play something. And you'll be tempted at times just to, oh, well, I've done that, I've done that. But it's going to be something that will just, whenever the anointing comes, just do it. That's getting a little warm. So let's just come over and fuel the fire. (laughs) (laughs) Holy Spirit. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. Can you stand, please? And, and if we can just, just pack up the seats and we'll just get into some lines here. Thank you. Oh, Katie Under. Whoops. It's just got really heavy. She's had to be doing this for a long time. (laughs) Holy Spirit, in these next few minutes, thank you for what you're going to do. Holy Spirit. Somehow I'm going to just walk along, but yeah, just just stand in, stand in a couple of lines and just have your hands out. You don't have to wait for the oil because God's going to be doing things. But there is an anointing that God's going to release here to connect to the Holy Spirit in a whole new way and then to release the Holy Spirit in a whole new way. And we're going to try and just get down the lines and just anoint your hands. That's all we're going to do. Just anoint your hands, but I know that God's going to absolutely do something. Ah. Oh.